much for joining us today on episode number 147 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the idea of being good enough versus being great. Sometimes good enough is good enough, and sometimes you want to strive for greatness. So what are the positive and negatives of each one, and what should we really be doing every day? This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to remind you guys about our virtual run that we have coming up this Saturday, July 4th. We have collaborated with an organization called We Got This Fund. It's a foundation that was created to help some Gold Star families who lost their loved ones that were killed in action in Afghanistan. So we are putting on a four-mile virtual run. It's this Saturday, July 4th. If you're listening to this on the day that it's released or the day before, we encourage you to register and support this wonderful foundation to help these Gold Star families. You can register over at wegotthisrun.org. Org. It's, it's, it's for as little as $10, you know, $10 is the entry. And then there's upgrades from there. If you want to add on a medal or a shirt, um, or there's actually a, a special for a family registration. So there's multiple different registration options for starting as little as $10. We encourage you guys to check it out. We got this run.org. All right. So let's jump in today's topic, which is the idea between good enough and great. Yeah, I mean, we kind of hit this topic uh, for a few reasons. Last week, we we very much skimmed the surface of is good enough good enough. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this throughout the week, like the concept of like, well, there's there's being satisfied with good and then there's striving for great. And mm-hmm. what if you do good a lot? Does that actually lead to great? Mm-hmm. And it, it gets a little tricky. It does get tricky. And there's definitely a lot of good ways to look at this and a lot of great ways to look at this. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. But, um, you know, that was kind of my thought is like, I am constantly trying to understand human beings and psychology and what, what is holding people back from, you know, striving more, trying to be better, like trying to live lives that will make them happier. Right. Because I feel like a lot of times we as humans tend to put limits on ourselves. We put limits on our own happiness. We put limits on our own greatness. We make excuses. We stay in our comfort zone, you know, and that's a lot about what we talked about last week, um, which is kind of what inspired this episode. So, you know, it's, it's hard because there are a couple of differing schools of thoughts, right? Like Kevin was saying, like, if you do good enough day after day after day, that's going to add up to greatness, right? There's So taking those small good steps throughout um, every single day or throughout your life will add up to greatness. Right. I mean, there's, there's incremental benefits and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem much at first, but it, it builds up and eventually you get really big and people are like, no, that's clearly the way to do it. Mm-hmm. But then you have the alternative of people saying the only thing getting in your way of being great is being good. Right. And that's the idea that if it's good enough, then that's going to prevent you from striving for more because it's, it's good enough. Because it's good enough. Yeah, it's good enough. I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm I'm happy enough. Yeah. I'm I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm fast enough. I run enough. I'm healthy enough. It's that enough thrown on there, which is not really a well super satisfying word. Right. And so, I mean, it depends. And 
as real life runners, I think there's a lot that we need to think about here because we are such busy people and we lead, lead very busy lives with a lot of different things going on. And so sometimes good enough is what we've got. You yes. know, that sometimes that's all we've got on any given day. Um, and so th- this is the question of, of should we be good enough? Should we be satisfied with good enough? Or should we really be striving for more greatness in our lives? Right. So you got uh, the conversation from last week, and then you just finished the book, Atomic Habits. I'm starting to read it. Mm-hmm. You throw that guy in there on top of it, and we're going to do a whole discussion about goodness versus greatness. All right. Bring it on. So greatness itself is hard to define to begin with, right? So Greatness is essentially a journey of continual self-improvement. You never actually reach greatness, that you're constantly on a journey for greatness in in some people's eyes. Like that's one way that we can look at this. That's a great uh, sort of definition of it. It's sort of like, um, it's it's the running definition is we've got goals, but it's just really a stepping stone along the way. Like, yes, there may be a race when there may eventually be races again, but that's not the end of your running journey. Mm -hmm. Like if you say, oh, if I get to this thing, then I can be a great person when you get there it's not like you plant a flag and be like i've achieved greatness it's time for a nap and you're just you're done it's the same thing with olympians you know i mean olympians i think are perfect examples of this you know they work their whole lives or half their lives to try to make it to the olympics and they get to the olympics and say they do achieve their goal of getting a gold medal like you said it's not like they just plant this the flag and are just done for the rest of their lives. Like they're still now it's like, okay, well what's next, right? There's always a what's next. Um, and it, there always should be a what's next and really until the day we die, because you, you reach the greatness, you reach goals in certain things. And then what is next? Like there are higher levels for Olympians. There might not necessarily be higher levels of athletic achievement, but there are higher levels of other types of achievement, you know? And so a lot of times you do see these Olympians go on to start businesses, to become entrepreneurs, to, um, you know, start foundation, charitable foundations and, and try to use their lives to continue to affect people in a positive way. Right. But then you also get people where they, they didn't have that, where greatness was this thing that they could achieve. They made it there and they hadn't thought about what was next. Oh, you see that a lot. You see that a lot of people coming out of Olympia, of of the Olympics. Mm -hmm. You brought that one up, Right. but there's also people that are like, what I want to do is get to the Olympics Mm -hmm. and then they make it there and fall completely flat because the goal was to get there and they never even thought about what happens once you arrive, Mm -hmm. let alone if the goal was to get a gold medal, then when you have it, like that was the peak. Now, what do you do? Like you're 25, you've got years still to go and you're like, well, I've, I've done everything that I've been aiming for, for the last 25 years. Mm -hmm. Now what? It can be kind of crashing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's even worse for like gymnasts that are like 16, you know, peaked at 15. I peaked at 15 years old. Like what? Like what from there? You know, like it's, it's pretty nutty. So, you know, you can look at greatness that way as this like journey of self-improvement that you never really reach. You could also look at greatness as a state of mind, right? So you just have to accept that you are great. Just like we talk about being a runner. You You have to say, I am a runner before you will then do the things that runners do on a consistent basis. You have to first accept that identity. So greatness can also be an identity. You can just decide that you are a great person, that you are you know, going to achieve greatness in your life. Right. And then that, that's super easy. Like you don't need permission. Like no one needs to give you permission to say I'm a runner. People don't need to give you permission to say I am great. You walk around telling everybody I am great. 
I I am a great person. You may get some judgment coming down upon you, <laughs> but you don't care because you are great. Well, so, and it depends on how you define great, really. Yes. And that's really what it comes down to is that we define greatness ourselves. Like it's, yes, it's this journey. Yes, it's this state of mind, but really it's our own definition because what's great for you might not be what is great for someone else. Like Kevin and I have very different different definitions of greatness in our lives. Yeah, very have, different. I shouldn't say very different. But, but different definitions definitions yeah. of greatness mm-hmm. and um, one of the the issues of the various different definitions is a lot of them come through comparison they can very often come through comparison to other people like oh that person that's a great person so I'll strive to be like them and then it leads to that negative of that always comes up when comparison is around um, so if you go through and you try and personally define what it would mean for you to be great and then just accept that thing that's the same as I am a runner say I am a great person and then go out and do the actions of a great person that seems like a pretty um, mentally safe way to live as a great person Mm -hmm. so then the question comes up of can you be great in one area and not in another Ooh, that one's tricky it is tricky and it's again it goes back to your definition of greatness exactly so if you go back to the olympian that won the gold medal what if they won the gold medal by literally pushing down every person around them or by doping or by doping oh man no one no one in the olympics ever takes illegal performance dancing drugs no they would never do something like that never do that yeah oh that survey out of the olympians was crazy where it was like half of them said even if it would shorten my lifespan if Mm -hmm. i would never be caught i would do it yeah I mean, it's, it's crazy. And and that's the, the price that some people put on the external rewards of greatness, the external validation, right? Of people are saying, oh, well, if I'm an Olympian, if I win a gold medal, if I win a silver medal, whatever it is, that will make me great. And those are all external things that would validate someone's greatness. That, that person, it doesn't seem like the person that has chosen to take performance enhancing drugs, um, really has accepted that idea of greatness in his or her own life. It doesn't seem like that. It seems as though they're still living in a world of comparison Mm -hmm. because to be great, they have to be better than everybody else in that very specific competition. Right. Like I need to do this one race on this one day faster than everybody else. Mm -hmm. That's what will make me great. And it doesn't matter what else I have to do in order to achieve that thing. So in, in that sense, they've, They've adopted greatness, one, as a comparison, and two, as all parts of your life can be put into neat little boxes. So achieving greatness in one area is completely independent of greatness in any other area. Right. And I mean, you you hear about this with athletes all the time, professional athletes, with actors, with, you know, people that are famous that basically treat other people like junk. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they think that like, well, I'm a celebrity and you know, blah, 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 blah. And I have success and I'm great in this area. So I'm just going to treat everybody else like crap. Yes. Yes. You're just a jerk. There's there's no I in team. Right. But there is a me. (laughs) There is a me. There you go. Um, But you know, that's, that's the, the question, right? Like, okay, so you're great at that one thing. Maybe you're a great actor, a comedian, an athlete, but are you really a great person if that's how you live the rest of your life outside of that one thing? Right. So that really kind of opens up the, is greatness an overall person? 
Like, is it very specific individual actions? Is it specific character traits? Like, what is greatness? And I think that greatness is really kind of an umbrella, that if you're trying to live a great life, that it should be the driving factor in all areas of your life, that you don't try and excel in one area by making another one terrible. Now, maybe you don't, you know, prioritize every single area of your life simultaneously. Because you can't. Because you can't. Right. But you don't bring one up by pushing another one down. That I mean, you can't actually make yourself a great person by pushing another individual lower. That's comparison. Like, if I make somebody else feel bad, then I'm going to feel better. I'm a greater person. I think it's a really dark Edgar Allan Poe quote about, like, the fastest way... I'm going to get the quote wrong, but it's something like, the fastest way to be great is pushing down another great person. Should I pause the recording so we can look it up? No, I'm going to get the <laughs> quote wrong. But it's like, it's like Poe's sick, twisted mind of, like... Like, you want to be great? Find somebody great and knock them off their pedestal. Oh, yeah, yo, yeah. So. yeah. That's, that, I, would, I would say that's probably not the best way. Well, that's why it's an Edgar Allan Poe quote. It's right. not really an inspiring quote. <laughs> yeah, that's not usually what you see in the inspirational Instagram posts. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. <laughs> so last week, we kind of started to skim the surface of what good enough means, right? And good enough, just like great, is also a very personal thing. Like what is good enough for you might not be what is good enough for somebody else. And what is good enough for you might be someone else's greatness, someone else's version of greatness. So again, like Kevin says, this does tend to lead to that great deal of comparison, which can be either comparing yourself to others or previous versions of ourself or even future versions of ourselves that we imagine to be there, you know, like maybe it's someone that we are striving to become and we're just not quite there yet. So in our eyes, since we're not there yet, you know, we're not quite great yet, but we're good enough. But we're good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, all of these comparisons, like we've said it repeatedly, comparison is, is going to generally have some negative connotations to it. You know, what, what's the line? Comparison is the thief of happiness. The thief of joy. The thief of joy. Yeah, there comparison is the thief of joy. And it doesn't matter what you're comparing to. If you're comparing to somebody else, then your whole life, your happiness is basically based off of somebody else's version of happiness, whatever they're defining as great or good enough. And then which they might not even be defining as that. That's (laughs) the interesting thing too, right? Like somebody else might be just living their life and you look at them and say that they're great or that they're good or whatever label you want to put on them. But to them, they might have a completely different perspective. Yeah, but not on their social media profile. On their social (laughs) media profile, they're clearly living their greatest life. Living the life. Living the greatest possible life. Right. Um, But then, you know, you've got comparison to yourself also comparison to a past version of yourself that's got its own issues one it's still comparing and two when you look back no one ever looks back with like an outside perspective on it when you look back on a previous version of yourself you're going to have some sort of emotional connection to it so you're going to look back and see that event see that version of yourself in a very positive or very negative light like you have it's it's a clouded picture of your past because you only really remember the things that made some like deep emotional connection to you so those are the things that were really high or really low that's why when you look back people are like oh i'm really good at this or i'm really bad at that people don't look back and be like eh, i was okay at this like no one looks back with strong memories of being average yeah it's like the you know when a grandfather is telling stories to their kids like 
they keep getting better and better with every single version of the story. Or worse and worse, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I've walked to school both ways, uphill in the snow, and then the amount of snow grows every time mm -hmm. the story is retold. And the amount of weight in your backpack. Yes, of course. And I didn't even have a backpack, and I had to carry it on my head. <laughs> And and then, you know, we had to like, then I got home and then I had to go out and, and tend to the farm. I'm like, you didn't live on a farm. Yeah, and shovel the snow. Perfect. Yeah. Um, it very, in Florida. <laughs> very similar to the stories, like when my roommate in college would come home, you'd catch the first story about him going out with his friends and the girls <laughs> that they were hitting on. And then you'd catch him retelling that story at breakfast the next day. And then him retelling that same story at lunch. And by lunch, it was insane. It was an entourage of women. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I so walked into the bar and all like 50 girls just ran over to me simultaneously. Like, And they just happened to be playmates. I was with you. None of that happened. <laughs> yeah, but it's true though, like because the human brain does tend to operate more in that black and white, especially the further away we are removed from that event. Yes, the more the time has disconnected us, the more we, we see things as very good or very, very bad. Mm-hmm. And then we tell ourselves that that's actually what it was. It was that extreme. Like if you keep retelling a story and you make it better and bigger and bigger, then when you look back on it, you're not even sure what the reality was of what happened. Yeah. So now you're comparing yourself to this super blown up version of a story that you retold several times and being like, well, I guess I was great then. I'm definitely not now because I'm not living up to that. But that never even happened. Right. And then you look at the other way of comparing yourself to your imagined future version of yourself, right? Something that you're striving for, whether it's in running where you imagine that you are a faster runner, that you're hitting certain times and or you're running certain distances, you're completing half marathons, marathons, whatever it is that you want to achieve in your running, same thing with your regular life, right? If you are um, trying to strive forward in your career or your professional development or you're trying to start a family whatever it is like you have this future version of yourself if you have any sort of goal in your life you have a picture of what the future version of yourself looks like that you're trying to achieve right that's kind of what a goal is you you make a picture in your head you and then you find figure out a way to get there you find that map to get you there so the issue is that future self doesn't actually exist exist yet so you're just building this up in your head and do you actually know that when you are there will that be the version of yourself that actually makes you happy that actually seems great that is actually good enough or whatever label you want to put on it it's so interesting because the future version of yourself is still affected by past versions of ourselves and the memories and the beliefs that those memories have created. So maybe you have an issue around family, right? Maybe your parents got divorced. And so you thought to yourself, I mean, this was something that I dealt with. My parents got divorced when I was very young. And so I knew I never wanted to get divorced. And so thank goodness I found a wonderful partner and, and never plan on getting divorced. But I think that for other people, you know, they're so hell-bent on not getting divorced that sometimes they stay in marriages that are not functional anymore or, or that they should have let go of because they had this ideal of having this marriage that lasted forever and are unwilling to let it go. Or they picture their future self. If you go into that idea of, I never want to get divorced, what if you just go into preventative mode? So if I never get married, 
then I don't That's have true. the possibility of getting divorced. That's true too. It's not that you want the marriage. It's that, it's just that you don't want the divorce. Right. Yeah. I've seen marriages. I had friends that had marriages. Mm-hmm. My parents were divorced. Mine, mine weren't. Yours were. I'm my, just saying yeah. the, the general mine. Right. So maybe you've got evidence of multiple people that you saw that looked like they had a happy marriage and they ended up getting divorced. So instead of achieving that, you just, you stop yourself from the possibility of divorce by never even getting into the marriage in the first place. Right. Or you find that person and it, they're good enough, right? They're you, good you, enough. You, you settle. You settle and they're, you're just like, okay, well, this is fine because at least this person isn't treating me poorly. Yes. You know, maybe this marriage isn't the best. Maybe it's not exactly what I pictured. Maybe it isn't great, but it's good enough. It's good enough. You know, and, and that goes for everything thing not just marriage you know that could go for your running that can go for your career like maybe you wanted to be a surgeon and you didn't end up going in that route and whatever career you're in right now you're like yeah this is fine this is good enough you know so sometimes I think we do have the tendencies to kind of lie to ourselves just to make ourselves feel a little bit better but one more thing I wanted to kind of point out about this um, idea of our imagined future selves is that by thinking about the things that we don't have, like that's what you're focusing on. So, you know, where you focus is typically what you tend to get in your life. Right. So if you're focusing on your lack of things, you're going to continue to get more of that lack. Yeah. You're not going to get the thing. By focusing on, I don't have this, the world will then say, yes, here's more signs that you don't have this thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if if you're striving for, like, you know, let's go back to the example, if you're striving for that great, long-lasting, full-of-happiness marriage, and you're like, I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it, the universe is not going to be like, here's Prince Charming. It's going to be like, well, here's something. And it's not going to be the amazing, long-lasting, satisfying happiness. Like, that's that's the issue. Yeah, and that's, that's a difficult part of, like, trying to figure this whole thing out, right? Of trying to, is good enough good enough? Or should you really be striving for something greater? All right, so let's let's kind of get more into that. Like we've we did a little bit about what is great, what is what is good, um, and there's there's two ways of doing it. How do you aim for greatness? Do you take the good enough path, or do you try and do it in giant chunks of I just I need to be great at all times? Right. So there are a couple ways to look at this. So let's look at good enough first. Okay. So the positive of thinking about okay this is good enough for now, is that small changes for the better add up. So this is the whole idea of atomic habits, okay? The book Atomic Habits is that an atom is the smallest unit of matter. So when you take these very teeny tiny improvements and you make them day after day after day, you create a great life, okay? All of the small changes add up. And consistently good will beat occasionally great, Yeah, pretty much across the board. If you are just good day after day after day after day, in the long run, that will beat occasional greatness. You can look at like all or nothing diet or exercise routines. People that go all in on January 1st, they're like, this is it. This is the year I'm going to go out and I'm going to run a marathon today. They're not making it to February because they tried to leap from like base level into their version of greatness, whatever was great in their head, okay? And that step was too big, and so they simply flamed out, Mm -hmm. which some people would be like, well, at least they lived as best as they possibly could. Like there's a quote to that one that it's like, I'd rather be um, like a a burning meteor than a dull moon. 
Like, I, at least I gave it a shot. I was, I, I flamed out, but I, I went for it with everything I possibly could. And there's, there's something to say to that. But, you know, small little steps will lead to huge outcomes. The investment side of this one, people talk about this one from the money perspective all the time of like, well, if you just keep putting a little bit in, eventually compound interest will pay off and you will see massive returns far enough in the future. Mm -hmm. You just have to go far enough in the future that those little teeny improvements will start compounding and then the that little improvement from one day to the next suddenly is a big step. Right. And that, you know, on the opposite side of that is like you said, those the crash diets, right? Someone that goes on a very extreme crash diet might lose a ton of weight, but the likelihood of them rebounding and gaining more most of that weight or even more of that weight back is high. Um, that's what the research has shown. Same thing with day trading, right? Sometimes when you're day trading, like you can make a ton of money in a day, but you can also lose a ton of money in a day. So it's like there are just these huge swings when people are aiming for that quote unquote greatness um, versus the the good enough, like taking those tiny little steps forward in each um thing that you do on each day. And I think that the interesting thing here is that I think it's good versus good enough, really, because it's the enough, like you said before, right? When you take a step forward, when you're trying to make yourself better, you're doing something that's good, but it's not that you stay there and do that for the rest of your life. It's that you're, you're then, you look for the next good step. You look, even though these steps might be small, they might not be these huge leaps and bounds, you're still looking for the steps that are still moving you forward. You're not, you're not just moving in a, uh, like a parallel line. Right. You're, you're still climbing. It's not, it's not that you are satisfied and stagnant. You're still trying to make improvements. Mm -hmm. You're not making giant improvements every day, but you are making improvements, small incremental improvements. And here's the thing. If you're trying to make a big overhaul to your life, giant, crazy, extreme diets might not be the best way to do it because people rebound and they fall off of them. It's a lot easier to to convince yourself to take a little tiny step than to be like, all right, I need you to take this complete overhaul on every aspect of your entire life. Mm -hmm. Like there's a reason why like the nicotine patches are a successful anti-smoking thing because it gradually takes you down. It doesn't go from smoking to boom, not smoking. And people are able to do that. But a lot of people have also been super successful by gradually coming off of something like Mm -hmm. that. I mean, that's an improvement off of a bad habit, but you can do the same thing with good habits. Make tiny improvements. Being like, oh, I think that I should eat more vegetables does not mean that all of your meals should now be vegan. Like, that's not what that means. That means that, oh, maybe you should put some more vegetables on your dinner plate. Like, that doesn't even mean that you need vegetables at every meal. If you're not eating vegetables throughout an entire day, that does not suddenly mean veggies, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm -hmm. Make a small step. Make a little improvement. And then the next day, make a little bit more. Yeah, and I mean, the difficult thing with those small steps is that it's hard to see the changes right away. And we as human beings are creatures of um, that want immediate gratification like it, you are much more 
prone to sticking with something that gives you that immediate feedback, that immediate sense of gratification versus something that's just going to kind of slowly add up in the long term. That's why diets are hard. Right. Because you can't see the immediate benefit of not eating that bowl of ice cream, Mm -hmm. but you can feel the immediate pleasure of eating the bowl of ice cream. Exactly. It's the immediate payback Mm -hmm. versus, well, if I don't have dinner, if I don't have such a large amount of dessert, not dinner, dessert, if I don't have such a large amount of dessert every day, and maybe I then move to not having dessert every day, if I kind of take these small steps, I'm going to get a big payoff over the course of several years. Mm -hmm. Same thing happens in running. Like, I'd like to run a marathon. Okay, don't start by doing a 20-miler the next day. Like, if if you have never run before, maybe you're starting with a run-walk routine. And to think that that's eventually going to get you to be able to run 26 miles consecutively seems huge, but it will if you stick to it and you continue gradually improving. Absolutely. So those are the positives of that, those good steps, the good enough steps, but there's also a negative side to good enough. And that negative side is essentially we create upper limits on ourselves and we hold ourselves back and we're just satisfied with where we are because it's quote unquote good enough, right? this is fine. This is good enough. I don't need more than that. And we tend to convince ourselves of that. Like even if we might want more, like I I feel like all human beings want more in some area of their life. Maybe not all, but I think that as, as human beings, we're always striving for something. Like we always have this inner voice that's kind of nudging us to become better in some way. And we can very easily lie to ourselves and say, yeah, you know what? That sounds like too much work. This is good enough. Right, because usually what it, it goes back to the comparison of ourself versus our future self. One, we're not sure if that future self is going to be as happy as it looks. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's going to be really happy, but we're not there. Right. And all we can do is guess what it's going to feel like based off of our past experiences And we don't even remember those perfectly. And second, we don't know how smooth the path is going to be from where we are (laughs) to where we'd like to be. Right, yeah. How hard is that journey? How... How much work am I going to have to put in to go from point A to point Z? Like maybe to point B seems fine, but how how much work am I going to need to get to Z? And is that work worth what point Z feels like? That's kind of funny. You said from A to Z, that's 26 letters, just like a marathon, 26 miles. Mm-hmm. That's why they did that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, but it's just, I just found like the congruency in the example that you just used. Oh man, don't go congruency. I'm teaching geometry this summer. Oh, excellent. So, so yeah, so I think that would be the negative. Do you think there's anything else you want to say about that? No, I mean, that's really the biggest negative is you set up your own limits because you're, it's, it's safer. It's the, the comfort box. It's the upper limit problem. It's the upper limit. It's yeah. the, I want to live in my comfort zone. I can't really actually get to that thing. It'd be cool if I could, but I don't actually think I can, or you're scared that you won't ever be able to get that, or you're scared about what's going to happen to the people around you if you do get that. There's a lot of fear that goes into that, and so it's safer to stay where you are, and so I think you made a really, really good point there, is it's the difference between good and good enough. Good enough is convincing yourself that you're satisfied. Right, when you probably aren't. Yeah. Yeah. So then let's move on to greatness, okay? So the whole idea of greatness is that we 
take on this identity, right? We assume that we are great. We decide really, not really assume, but just decide that we are great and we act accordingly. And we like to encourage people to be great in all things. Obviously, like Kevin said, you can't always be great in all things at the exact same time. That's tricky. But you're always striving for greatness in your life and your life is consistent of so many different aspects and that it's important for us to try to be great as a person not just as one tiny little box of our lives right so um once we've established once we've taken on the identity of greatness that means that our actions are therefore great actions like if if i'm great then the things that I do are also great. Like it just, it flows correctly. So then if we do something that does not enhance our our greatness, that does not kind of follow along with the idea of I'm great, so I do this, I'm not going to go out and do things that don't make me feel still great. Like I'm not going to go out and do opposite actions. You know, if, if I am a great person and I'm walking down the street and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go over and kick that puppy. Like that's not the actions of greatness. So I wouldn't do it. It, it goes completely against my identity. Right. So I went extreme there on examples. I know that like you're going to have like people writing to the podcast now. <laughs> that is not a good example to use. We should go back and edit that out. No, no I said not to kick the puppy. Don't kick the puppy. That is not okay. So, but yes, it's the idea of identity and acting in alignment with our identity and who we say you are. Like, who do you say you are? Like, are you a great person? Um, And I think that we also here tend to downplay ourselves. We have the tendency to deprecate, self-deprecate ourselves, right? Like, and kind of try to go with that like whole humility thing like I want to be humble like I don't want to say I'm too great and and we kind of tend to put a cap on ourselves right so you're still putting your cap on yourself the same way that we're doing with the other one yeah um but on this this whole idea of acting in alignment it makes sense and this is why I I literally I, I picked such an extreme example for a good point is you wouldn't go out and do something that you know is bad if you say that you are a great person. Like you wouldn't go out and do, I don't know, whatever you would, whatever word you would use to define the opposite of greatness. You wouldn't do that. But you also can't go out and do good things. And by good, I simply, I mean the word that is a level below great. I don't mean like good things in the world, like don't, like hugs, like these are a good thing. Aww, but I miss my hugs. <laughs> I'll give you a hug. Okay, good. Um, but I'm, I mean good as in the word that is one level below great. Because if you have to do great things to be a great person, then that means that you can't do good things. Because being good would then prevent you from being great. You mean doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Prevents you from, be, from being a great person because good is not enough. Mm-hmm. So um, this means that in order to kind of go through life as always being great, you'd have to so carefully consider all of your actions. Like every time it comes up to make a choice, you have to always choose the greatest of all actions, which, I mean, would lead to a pretty amazingly great life. But it also seems remarkably exhausting. Yeah, that does sound exhausting. Just like listening to you talk about it. That's why I'm just like, I'm just like standing here listening to you. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let him keep going on this. Because it is one of those things that kind of like makes your brain feel warped sometimes. Like, 
okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be a great person. I want to strive for greatness. But if that means that I have to make the choice to be great in every single thing I do, like that does sound exhausting. Right. So, I mean, this is like little tiny things like, okay, I get up in the morning and I brush my teeth. Does that mean that's a great act? Like, do I have to brush my teeth with greatness? Mm -hmm. Like if, you know, the dentist told me that I needed to brush it for two minutes, what if I stop at a minute and a half? Oh, that is not great. Is two minutes great? Or do I actually have to overachieve that? Mm -hmm. Do I have to hit for 215 for greatness? Plus I should be flossing, you know, like that, that's the greatness. Or is that detail of my life actually not super important you know it kind of it's the the blending of great in all things and good enough they kind of start blending together Mm -hmm. they really do because there's little actions that do have consequences to it but there's also little actions that i would argue are not that massively consequential to your life and in which case good enough is good enough i got up and brushed my teeth great moving on with my day now Mm -hmm. yeah no i I would agree with that i think that Greatness in all things is um, a tricky level to get to. Um, and it, like like you said, because you can't be great in every single little minute detail of your life because most of our life is on autopilot. Like that is the beauty of habits. And this takes us back to the book again. Like the majority of your life is on habit. And which is why so many people have felt so out of sorts with COVID and shutdown and everything that the world has been going through over the past few months, because so many people's routines and normal habits got completely tossed out the window. So they have just been in this state of complete and utter exhaustion because their brain is having to work over overtime that the 80% of their day that is normally a habit on autopilot they're now having to think about every single decision so that's not allowing them the brain space and the brain power to then make those great decisions in the other 20% of their lives right you're on decision fatigue because Mm -hmm. you literally are having to decide throughout the day like it sounds exhausting to be consciously aware of every decision throughout the day and then choose greatness with each of them we're not designed that way we're designed to be on autopilot well and that's why habits are so important because it's it's the, the habits that you can set up in your life can take those things off your plate that will then free up brain space for you to then make better decisions in the other areas of your life. In the more consequential areas of your life. The more consequential, right. So like if you can set up a an routine for your running, for your workout, um, that's going to, you don't have to think about it every single day. If you have a training plan to follow, you don't then have to wake up and say, okay, what am I going to do today? Like you plan it out the night before you check your schedule. It's okay. Tomorrow I've got to run. So I'm going to put out my running clothes. I'm going to set my alarm. I'm going to get up and do it at this time. Or same thing with your strength training. Like so many of us runners love our strength training, right? (laughs) I wish. Yeah, I know. It's it's one of those things that's <laughs> but critically the, important. But... It's critically important, but so many runners can easily set the habit of going out to run, but have a much more difficult time setting up a habit to do the strength training. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling not compared at all. I'm not comparing anything. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, how many actions do we ignore because we feel like they're, oh, well, that's not really significant to my greatness. That's not really adding to my greatness. Like, but all of it does, you know, and some in money, you know, much more ways than others. Like there are some actions and some decisions that we take in our lives that are, you know, quote unquote, more important. But if you don't have all the little things kind of lined up to allow you to make those decisions, then 
you're really not even going to get the chance to make those decisions. Right. right. So then that's where like the little things really do matter. Yeah. And, and I want to get back on that. And that kind of really helps tie all of this together of how good and great and which one of these things is better. But, um, just to really make sure that we've emphasized, like what is the negative out of trying to be great in all things before we tie it back together with how important are those little details? Mm -hmm. Like the negative is that that standard is just so high that it's essentially trying to live as a perfectionist in every area simultaneously. Yeah. And you're going to crack. You're going to crack. You're going to be frozen. Mm -hmm. Basically you can't be perfect in all areas. It's impossible. You're, you're spread too thin. If you try it, you're going to start dropping. Like, you know, I can juggle three balls myself. I can't, I can do this. I can juggle two in one hand or three with both. But if you throw a fourth one at me, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea with trying to be perfect in too many places is you're trying to juggle too many things. Something's going to drop. And once one drops, do the rest of them start falling also? And many times that does happen, you know, and that, that would be the negative side of trying to strive for greatness in every single little piece of your life is that it just might be overwhelming and then it all just kind of starts to fall apart. Right. And so what is the answer? And I would suggest that the answer is that goodness and greatness do not have to be two mutually exclusive concepts. I agree. Like you don't have to actually have them separate. So is the is the answer, you know, make small incremental improvements? Yes. Is the answer take big giant leaps? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you can do both simultaneously in different areas of your life or in different ways. Or a lot of times the small incremental steps can set you up for the big leaps, you know, that, that happen without you even realizing it. Yeah, it's the people that look like overnight successes mm-hmm. because you didn't see the last five years. Right. Like, oh man, they came out of nowhere. No, they didn't. You just started paying attention to them to the day. Right, exactly. So that person that that becomes the overnight millionaire, the overnight success, they've been working day in and day out doing all the little things and then something finally breaks through and like leads to that exponential breakthrough in whatever it might be, whether it's fame or money or athletics, whatever it is, but it's not that it just happened overnight. Right. It's the glory of compound growth. Mm-hmm. When you look at a big picture of a, of an exponential growth function, the end of it gets really exciting because the, the, you know, if you're looking at it from like a money perspective, it grows really fast. If you're looking at it from like a number of cases of COVID, it, it's scary when the graph gets really high. Yeah, we don't like to see that. But the beginning of the graph doesn't look like much. The beginning of the graph is basically a flat line. And you can't really even tell all that much unless you really zoom in on it, whether it's going up or down. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the same thing every day. It's just that that tiny little growth over time will eventually lay the foundation that your next little step your next 1% is really, really big. I was trying to explain this to our daughter. I'm like, you can, you can do percentages. And I worked how to do fractions with her. I'm like, what's 1% of 100? That means that it goes from 100 to 101. Cool. But what's 1% of 1,000? Now you add 10 more. What's 1% of a million? That's an extra 10,000. So, you know, the numbers can grow substantially, even though it's still only growing at 1%. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is kind of where the goodness and the greatness work together here, is I think that what we really need to do is have the mindset of greatness, have the identity of greatness, but understand that our actions need to continuously be good in order for us to achieve greatness. 
And that's really where we need to start. We need to to start by accepting that identity, becoming aware of how we want to be great in our lives. And our perception of whether or not we are great is really the highest level of importance. Like, just like we say, I am a runner. We, we say, you are a runner. No matter how far you run, no matter how fast or slow you run, whatever your time is, whatever your pace is, whatever your distance is, if you are out there putting one foot in front of the other, you are a runner. And if you decide in your life that I am going to live a great life. I'm going to live a life of greatness. That definition is completely different for you than it is for anyone else in the world. And it might take you a little while to figure out what that means. So you can't just, you can't just state I'm going to live a life of greatness and then just start acting because that's, that's action without thought. Yes. It's got good intent behind it. I'm going to live a great life. Now I'm going to start doing these things, but you really need to take some time and figure out what living a great life means. And I think that that can change also. Oh, hundred percent. That can totally change. And that's why you have to continuously check in on, are you living your great life? Not a great life, but are you living a life that is great to you? That's what leads to the satisfaction. Mm-hmm. That's That takes away the comparison. Are you living a life that is greatness in your mind? Right. And then once you decide that you are great and that you are going to achieve greatness in your life, then every small action will reinforce your identity that you are actually great, right? Like it will subconsciously lead to more actions that back up that identity because that's how our brains work. Our brains, when we give our brains certain messages, this is the importance of I am statements. Like we've talked about many times before. When you say I am blank, fill in the blank with whatever it is, your brain will try to find things to reinforce whatever that is. So that's why that I am statement is so powerful, especially if you put something negative after that, that your brain's going to keep trying to find negative things to back up that identity. If you put a positive identity, a positive word there, your brain is going to find things to back up that positive identity. So that's where it you know, becomes super interesting that you can accept the identity of greatness and understand that your actions every day, your good actions are going to lead you to that life of greatness. Right. And this goes back into the positive idea of putting your life on autopilot of setting up the habits. If you say, I'm going to live a life of greatness. I am a person who lives a life of greatness. And you, you lead with that, that your mind is consciously aware of, I am a, I am a great person. I lead a life of greatness. Then the habits will subconsciously start being habits that are towards the positive side. You'll naturally shy away from the negative habits because you set up this intention, this personally identified goal of greatness, and then you just start pushing more things into that. And the more you do, the more habits you set up that lead you to that satisfied feeling of greatness, the more you're going to do more of them because that identity becomes even more and more critical to you. And you get more signs that, yes, not only was I telling myself I'm a great person, but look at all of these signs, look at all of this evidence that I do great things. I'm going to be able to continue doing these great things because I've done all of these great things. So it really, it's the positive of the snowball effect is Mm -hmm. once it starts going that direction, it just keeps feeding it. It just keeps getting you more and more. Yeah, and I think this takes us... Um, 
to those small actions, you know, like do the details of those small actions matter? And the answer is yes, they do because the details matter if they affect your sense of greatness, right? Like do, does it matter if you run 4.9 miles or if you run 5.0? Like you had a run the other day that you posted on Instagram where you ended your run at 5.99 miles. And I looked at you and I'm like, are you serious? It had the most interaction of anything I've ever posted on Instagram. <laughs> the people that were just like, not a freaking chance would I ever end my run that way. We'd like run around the block, run around that tree, just keep walking for a little bit. Like whatever it is, it would drive people nuts. But the thing is, is that I was not concerned. I didn't look down and make sure that I'm hitting, you know, it's 6.0. I ran the loop from my house. It starts at the mailbox. It ends at the mailbox. Some days it tells me that it's just shy of six miles. Some days it tells me it's a little bit over six miles. I know it's approximately six miles. Right. And the only reason you even know that is because of the GPS on your wrist. Like, And how you, accurate is that? Right. When you had your old Timex watch that we used to you know, use, I mean, we would either literally drive the loop in our car, which is relatively inaccurate because you're not driving along the sidewalks you're driving along the road so that distance is you can totally drive the sidewalks if you do it early enough in the morning (laughs) um or we used to use that app on the computer where you could like literally map it out and draw your loop and get the you know satellite right and you get a ballpark of how how accurate it was to be like okay well i need to be able to run like this was early marathon training like I need to find a 15 mile loop I need to find a 10 mile loop like whatever the numbers were and you could you could ballpark it and when I was in college we didn't do anything based off of mileage we did everything based off of time and then you would divide by six Mm -hmm. because the coach assumed that every run was at six minute pace yeah maybe it was maybe it was a little bit slow that day maybe it was a little bit fast that day everything was divided by six so on Mondays, we would go out for a 75-minute run. It was a given that that was 12 and a half miles. So there were kids on the team that liked to track their miles. They would write down 12.5 miles. No one measured any of it, yeah. but it was 75 minutes. Right, exactly. And that that's kind of takes you to race times too, right? Like oh, yeah. if you run a 5K in 30.01, is that really different from 29.59? And yes, there, one of them's greatness. Well, and that's it. You know, some people would argue to, like that that is a huge difference. And some people are like, I haven't broken 30 yet. But like how accurately did that course director map out that course? Is that starting line and that finish line exactly where they should be? Like, or did you actually finish a second or two before that? Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. Like in my half marathons, the first time I broke two hours, I ran a 158.59. Yes. And then the next time I ran a 153.01. Yes. So I was literally on both sides of it, you know, and it's funny because when I ran the 158.59, I like to say I ran a 158. When really, that's a 159. You ran a 159. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> let's not you get know? ourselves here. But like I would say 158, that's what the number started with. But sure. the 153.01, I would just say a 153 because that one second didn't matter. No. Because it was over. But then if I was one second under, then all of a sudden I just gained 59 seconds. Right, exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, everybody likes to round in the way that, that they feel best about. But right. the thing is, is that, but it's only when you talk to other people, 
Right. Right? Like it, Because you're worried about their comparison and judgment right. coming from you. It's the comparison again. Yeah. I know. I've People have asked me, like, what my 5K PR is. I get this a lot when I'm standing on starting lines. Oh, what's your 5K PR? I'm like, ah, does it matter? Because it was a decade ago. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know. It was before that kid over there was born. I'll and tell that you that one. much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Both of those two. So... I I could tell it to you, but is that going to affect you? This is what I'm shooting for today. Want to hang on? Like, we could play that game. No one needs to know what a PR is. I don't need to know what yours is. You don't need to know what mine is. Let's just go out and have some fun today. Mm. Um, because it, the, the judgment is unnecessary. You know, last time I ran a race, Jacksonville up in, in uh, January... January. Over the first few miles, I leaned over to the guy who was running next to me, and I called out, what are you aiming for today? I didn't call out, what's your marathon PR? I asked him what he was aiming for today, Mm -hmm. because I don't know what his training was. I don't know if this was the first time he's ever run a marathon. What was his goal? What are you shooting for? Should we be close to each other? Should we be working together? That was the question. Mm -hmm. That was the more important question. Then it takes the judgment away. Because then it doesn't really matter if it's faster or slower than me. It simply was extra information for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think that the you know those details can matter to a lot of people because for some reason, a lot of re- a lot of times because of comparison, they think that it does matter if you've broken two hours or if you've broken thirty minutes or whatever arbitrary number they've placed that on it. That ends with a lot of zeros mm-hmm. because they're easier to see. Right. I mean, same thing with distance PRs, right? Like, is there really a difference between 14.9 miles and 15 miles? Like, and a lot of people would say yes. Sure. My watch, every time I, I hit a new long run and it randomly reset the other day. So then I went off on a run and I set my mile PR, my 5K PR, my 10K PR. I was <laughs> knocking them out. I mean, it was fantastic because my watch had reset itself. So everything was a PR. Longest distance run, yeah. new VO2 max, everything. It's hilarious. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was funny because all of those things are also then based off of a GPS and based off of estimates and... How, Satellites. Right. So how much importance are you putting those? Mm-hmm. Did you feel, especially when you want to go to like race times, did you feel like you went for greatness? And that if you went for it and you ran a 3001 and somebody else ran a 2059 and they feel like they were slacking off, who had the greater race? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that person that ran a 2059, that was three minutes off of their PR. Maybe they could run 27. Maybe that person who ran a 3001 had a few weeks before, a couple months before, ran 33, who ran the greater race. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a matter of of what was your past, and it's a matter of how much importance you put to it. Do you, does that number, does that value, is that going to affect you? Does that um, change your sense of greatness? Because if it does, then the details matter. And if it doesn't, if it's just one step in the, this is another positive step that's moving me towards being an even greater, greater version of myself, then the super tiny details aren't that super critical. Right. And if it, if those super tiny details really do affect your sense of greatness, I'd like to challenge you to question that and, and challenge you to say like, how much does that really matter? Is this something that I can let go of? Because you know, there was, I was listening to someone the other day, that's one of my mentors, and he was talking about, um, 
the the journey to greatness is not one of enhancing who you are. It's more of a, a journey of letting go. You know, so if you are a race car and you've got your race car piled up with pounds of luggage and stones and all sorts of things, does it really matter if you get the souped up engine and the premium gasoline and all the enhancements on that car, or is it more important for you to start unloading some of the things that are weighing you down? And I think a lot of times that's what we tend to do in both of our our running and our life is we allow these tiny details to weigh us down and to send negative messages into our heads instead of flipping it like you can take literally the same exact run and just completely flip it and reframe it in your mind and make it one of positivity and a proof of greatness versus one of failure and lack right i mean the the path towards greatness whichever if you're saying good enough along the way you're taking big steps is still not going to be a smooth path and you can't let some sort of misstep along your journey towards greatness convince you that you're not a great person because then you'll stop the journey and it is still a journey you're still moving forward whether it's convincing your mind i'm a great person whether you're saying that this is a thing that i'm going to aim for and the path is my road to greatness as i am great like however you want to pursue it that journey is not going to be straightforward there's going to be hiccups along the way and that doesn't mean that you're not great it it's it's not a good enough thing it's still a path towards greatness right and if that feels like too much pressure then choose good you know be good be good at everything in your life and understand that that goodness will add up to greatness like be good enough right now sometimes we that's all we can be sometimes we are overloaded with so many things we've got families you're going back to school you're working a full-time job and you're running slacking off and we start to beat ourselves up over that one area of our life that isn't where we want it to be but acknowledge everything else that you're doing and understand that sometimes good enough is good enough and that by doing those things that are good enough right now you will have time in the future to go back and to keep charging forward toward that level of greatness right because whether you're going with incremental growth or big steps along the way the path from good to great is all a matter of you know, what definition you put in your head in the first place. Right. It's all a matter of perspective. It's all the way that you frame it in your life. It's all in your head anyway. So if you have the power to choose whether or not you want to be good or great, you have that power and it's okay. One is not right. One is not wrong. So there are areas of your life where you're going to choose great, where you're going to choose good. There are times when good is good and it will lead you to great, but ultimately understand that you are a great person. You are a great runner because you are out there doing it. You are trying to make yourself stronger, faster. You know, you're trying to improve your endurance. You're trying to improve your health and all of those things are what make you a great person and a great runner. All right, so speaking of greatness, if you want to join us in honoring four wonderful, great people who gave their lives for our freedom, for our country here in the United States that got killed in Afghanistan, 
last year on January 16th of 2019, we are honoring the four fallen heroes by running a virtual four-mile run this Saturday, July 4th of 2020. Virtual four-mile run. You can register for as little as $10. If you want to add on a medal or a shirt, there are upgrades from there if you want to. But we encourage you to please sign up and run with us. You can register at the website wegotthisrun.org. Again, that's wegotthisrun.org. As always, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you spending this time with us and being the wonderful, great runner and human being that you are and sharing that with the world around you. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 147. Now get out there and run your life.